Liberty Station is brought to you by my good friends at Devoted Capital, where they believe how you profit matters. They're dedicated to helping you align your investments with your values, empowering you to a life well-lived. Welcome to the Bryce Eddy Show on Liberty Station, and uh, today my guest is uh, Larry Correa, and he wrote a book called In Defense of the Second Amendment, but he's also a novelist and famous for the Monster Hunter series, and uh, the guy knows what he's talking about, so I'm excited to get into this conversation, especially in light of what the ATF is doing recently and some other things that I want to pick his brain about. But uh, but here's the book, and with that, here is my guest, Larry Correa. Hey, thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. Yeah, no, I'm glad we get to do this. And, um, you know, when your team reached out and said, hey, would you want to talk to Larry? I was excited because, of course, this is this is part of my bailiwick, too. Yeah. And and I think there's a lot of bad arguments out there in uh, in regards to you know the Second Amendment, of course, but also guns themselves. And I think it's it's one of the most misunderstood. And also, uh, most of the people who are against guns or have ideas about them are poorly informed by media, specifically Hollywood and others and have the these you know kind of wild ideas of firearms and even what our arguments are and yeah. so so i'm excited to to kind of dive into it i i did read the book enjoyed it um finished it a couple of days ago and uh and so you know i'm thrilled to have this talk well cool yeah i the um it's nice to talk to somebody who is actually of the gun culture and, and gets it uh, other people I talk to, and it's like, no, really, this this is what we believe. <laughs> yeah, and and you know it's funny because uh, so in our I did a um, a Prager University uh, talk with their CEO, which uh, which can be found uh, online, and uh, we talked about active shooter, and we talked about some of these things, and um, I uh, I always. Uh, get pushback on a couple of things. And first, you know, one of the things that I say is I'm not really all about guns. I think they're a tool, um, and I have a lot of guns, and I'm a gun enthusiast, but I also at the same time don't believe that firearms are necessarily for everyone. And if you say that to a pro-gun crowd, they act as if I'm disparaging the Second Amendment, or, uh, or saying that people should own weapons or anything, when I'm just merely saying that there is a boatload of responsibilities that come with firearms and the ownership of firearms, and at the same time, they are also not a holy talisman, so that all of a sudden, if you own a firearm, you are now protected, you are now safe, and I think that, that people need to disabuse themselves of that as well. Yeah, I go into that in the book a lot because I'm a former firearms instructor. I was a CCW instructor for a lot of years. And uh, you would have these people who would think, well, I bought a gun and there I'm safe now. I can just load it and throw it in a sock drawer (laughs) and I'm protected forever. And we have to disabuse people of that notion. We have to get people to realize that this is something that requires responsibility. It's just like driving a car. Um, I mean, you have to be careful. You have to be alert. You have to know what you're doing. You have to have training. 
Um, and so I say the right is for everybody, but it's not for everybody. Some people just Amen. mentally aren't suited for it. They, and that's fine. That's their choice. I mean, I talk about that in the book a little bit too. Self-defense. I mean, you do. Yeah. You have other options out there. I mean, but the gun is the ultimate tool for regular people, self-defense. And so I, if some people, uh, I would never push to mandate it. Um, like I talk about, uh, concealed carry. I talk about guns in schools, that kind of thing. And people, I talk about arming teachers and uh, people freak out about that. Like I'm trying to push every teacher to carry a gun. No, uh, on the contrary, not at all. Well, I would say though, if a teacher wants to, and they're capable and smart and trained, then by all means, let them do so just like we would let any other regular citizen do it everywhere else. Yeah, no, and that's perfect. And I'm glad you went there first, because I think that's one of those relevant parts of this conversation. And um, you you and I will bounce around this book a little bit. I, I've made some notes. I, uh, you know, marked quite a few things in here. But but you're absolutely right. The um, a, a teacher, you know, number one, you know, and you talk about it in the book, uh, gun free zones. Um, you know, the very notion of a gun free zone is absurd. Because, of course, you know, legal-minded folks uh, who are responsible may not bring their guns on, but it will never stop a criminal seeing a sign telling them that, uh, that there's, you know, uh, no guns there. In fact, it might actually encourage them that that's a soft target. And yeah, I you go just that. changing that paradigm, you know, by allowing teachers to be armed changes that thought process. It's interesting because when I went through, I went through as many shootings as I could find uh, over the history. And what we see over and over again is that sometimes you have a, a bad guy who he just doesn't care. He's not rational. Uh, the voices in his head are telling him to do stuff. There's not a lot of strategy involved. Other times you have guys that, uh, you know, they're evil, but they're not sane. They know what they're doing. And uh, I, I go into this a lot, but kind of the mentality of these guys that are trying to make a statement. They're trying to become famous. They're trying to like show the world how powerful they are. They will specifically seek out the places that are soft targets, the places where there won't be armed people. They want that extra time to work. And so if it's going to take five minutes or 10 minutes or, you know, an hour and a half for the cops to arrive, that's going to be their preferred target. Uh, whereas a place where they're going to get shot within seconds, then they're not going to get that body count that's going to get them on the news and on the cover of Rolling Stone and make them the most famous person in the world for a week. So we do ourselves a disservice because a lot of people think, well, gun-free zones, I said gun-free, now it's gun-free. On the contrary, they're actually creating a hunting preserve of the innocent that's inviting uh, that place to be a bigger target than before. You very rarely see these guys attacking the gun show or attacking a police department. I mean, that does happen once in a great while, but usually the guy's really crazy. Uh, but they go for schools. Why? Because they think schools are unarmed. They think that schools are vulnerable. And uh, my state, Utah, uh, we have had uh, armed teachers here for a very long time. we That's something that I helped fight for when I was a concealed weapons instructor at the state level. And uh, I've taught a lot of teachers. And what I found in every single school there was always at least one or two or three people who were smart, trained, dedicated, knowledgeable, capable people who you would want armed in a crisis like that. So I think it's something that more states should look into as a, as a speed bump uh, to help protect their children. I really encourage yeah. that. Yeah, I think so. And, and also, um, you know, there's so much waste, as you know, in these schools. Um, 
you know, adding uh, security resource officers, and I and I don't necessarily think that it needs to be police officers. Um, at you know, our firm we have um, a number of school clients and uh, uh, colleges, universities where we have uh, team members who are repurposed uh, former military. Um, that are specifically trained, um, you know, for um, that level of protection. They can't be everywhere on the school at at, at once. So I, I do advocate for the freedom of teachers to to carry, but we need to be spending money and resources in, um, you know, properly securing those schools and protecting the most vulnerable. Um, I I love the trend and you mentioned this at the beginning of the you know the idea of fame for these folks i love the trend that some of the more responsible journalistic institutions or some of the conservative journalists like daily wire and others won't name their names and um yeah and avoid that so um that trend going forward can be one of those positive things to deter these guys hey you're not going to get recognition you're just going to be called the shooter or the lunatic yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I talk about in the book, I, I have a section I call guns and vultures, where I talk about the media and specifically how the media uh, pushes this because they're so hungry for gun control. They're so hungry for that narrative of the, they, they like that real clean cut, super evil bad guy does something and then they blame us. They blame gun owners and they want more control and they love this narrative. And every time there's some sort of horrible thing, they go right to it and glom onto it to take advantage of it. But by doing so, they are promoting it. If you have somebody who's a disaffected loser, who's trying to like show the world who's boss. And all of a sudden he sees that the last guy like him became the most famous person in the world. And the, the president of the United States will stop what he's doing and talk about him and yeah. he'll be on the news nonstop. And, and it just, it promotes it. And that's why we always see too. Um, we see like a cycle where there's a bunch of these, you know, there, there'll be like two or three in a row. That's because if you got one guy who does it and then you got another guy who's thinking about doing it and he sees the success of the previous one, he's like, okay, I'm, that's how I'm going to go out. A lot of these guys are suicidal anyway. I think, well, if I'm going to die anyway, I might as well do it in a way that's going to make me important. And uh, so it's a it's an ugly, vicious cycle. Yeah, and and uh, you talk in the book too <laughs> I about. Apologize. <laughs> <laughs> it's winter here, and I was snow plowing earlier. So. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Hey, listen, our show is real, man. You don't need to worry about that. <laughs> we understand it. We understand we've got human <laughs> beings on the other end. <laughs> um, you. You, you talk uh, about a couple of things that I think are, are great in here, one of which is the uh, sort of uh, reflexive, I think you call it the do-somethings, um, where, you know, anytime something like this happens, now, of course, you know, they're using it, uh, I, I believe, because they've got political ideology, um, but you have all these politicians and, and even the... Um, some of the pro Second Amendment politicians fall into this category where all of a sudden they'll they'll say, okay, fine, all right, we got to make a compromise, we got to do something, and yeah. you know somebody will shoot up a school with a handgun and they'll go and they'll ban bump stocks or they'll or they'll do something that has zero to do with that particular crime and would not have prevented it at all, or there's no evidence even would make a dent in any of these sorts of issues that we're dealing with. Yeah. It's interesting to me because uh, I did a pretty exhaustive do something list. I went through 
of every single argument that I've seen on the internet for the last 20 years, basically. Um, every single thing. And it, there's really very few of them are new. It's the same recycled stuff. Yeah. And I went through logically why they fail, why they don't work, often why they have the opposite effect and make the problem worse. I use real world examples whenever I could. I use statistics to demonstrate these places where we have done these things. Uh, but to do something, it's, it's really nefarious because people see a tragedy and they think, okay, I, ha- I have to make this better somehow. If I don't somehow do something about this, I'm a bad person. I'm contributing to this. And along come these people who are basically grifting for political power. And they say, here's a something. And this is an easy, simple solution. And if you give us this power and we punish, you know, 100 million innocent Americans and take away their rights, this thing will never happen again. We're going to prevent it. And it's just, it's a, it's a lie and they're, it's just psychological manipulation based upon them gaining more political power. And uh, so I go through as much as I can because I wanted to arm the people who are already on our side with good articulate responses uh, and the truth, the truth is on our side. And then I also wanted to, this is the kind of thing that you can give to the fit sitters in your life, your loved ones, you know, you're, if you're a person and you, you want to have a gun for home defense, but your spouse is uncomfortable with it, this is the book to give to them to read. Uh, that's kind of what I'm shooting for here is to try to move the needle on that and make people realize, you know, reality is not the same as their good intentions, except we know they're not good intentions. They're just, it, it's just grabbing at power when they have the opportunity and people's emotions are high. Yeah, and I think you can categorize, you know, and we're supposed to, I mean, that's how life is made easy by categorizing some of these folks. And I think the people who are the fence setters or the, um, they're not the, they're not the politically motivated, we're going to grab power because, of course, all of those people have armed guards at their beck and call and they're going to be safe in their homes and they're, and, and they will use firearms to, to do it. Um, you know, you have the people that are, unfamiliar with firearms and afraid of firearms. And there's been some people who have done this, I think, very well, where they have gotten and grabbed a hold of some of those folks and put them through a course or, you know, taught them, got them familiar with the rules of firearms and, you know, some of those things. And, and, you know, once they realize that, okay, you know, uh, dropping the weapon doesn't mean it's going to go off. It's sitting on the table doesn't mean it's it's inherently dangerous. You know, all of those things, once they start to do it and, and get a little empowered, oftentimes, and I've seen this experience on, on our end many, many times, um, you know, they change their mind and they understand what it is. Or if they get a follow home robbery in their neighborhood or, you know, things are starting to get a, a little too rough. Um, and we're having that here, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, um, you know, talking to you from Los Angeles and, and we're oh, having yeah. tremendous, uh, increases in crime and we're getting calls from people who are very liberal, um, normally would have been anti-gun that are very quietly saying, Hey, uh, Bryce, uh, don't tell anybody, <laughs> but could you help me? <laughs> Welcome to 2023. It's going to be a wild year. And with the looming prospect of central bank digital currency, brutal inflation, and the Biden administration's wild tax and spend policies, this year it will be massively important for us to diversify in order to secure our savings and protect our futures. Do it with Birch Gold. 
For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And here's the great news. You can still get it. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text LIBERTY to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold and then talk to one of their precious metal specialists. They will hold your hand through the entire process. Protect yourself with gold today by texting LIBERTY to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, you can trust Birch Gold to help protect your savings. Text Liberty to nine eight nine eight nine eight today. And and yeah. hey, um, and that that goes in our you, favor. <laughs> yeah, it's like unfortunately that's the part where you get to educate them is all the hey man can I get can I get this kind of gun? No, you you voted to ban that. We don't yeah. we don't have those here anymore because oh. because of you guys. <laughs> or what do you mean I got to wait ten days? <laughs> you oh know? yeah, it's interesting to me. And twenty twenty is the best example of this ever. Uh, because if you talk to any gun, uh, gun store owner in America, and they all saw the same thing. Uh, when we had the riots and everything was just chaotic and the murder rate went through the roof, I mean, we reversed 27 years of downward crime uh, in, a, in one year. And yep. it was nuts. So we had cities on fire, and we had the police departments straight up telling people, don't call 911, we can't come. You're on yep. your own. Good luck. And I think a lot of people who had been on the fence before, or even anti-gun before, they saw that and they're like, whoa, uh, I have abdicated all my responsibility to protect me to the state, and the state ain't coming. Uh, They're not going to come here. And so I'm in big trouble. And so every gun dealer I know had a huge year because people were coming in to buy guns, and they weren't us. They weren't the, the old school guys that own guns. We don't wait in line and pay scalpers prices. We got ours, you know? So those were new people. Those were, those were, and it's interesting, the demographics on it, I have a section there in the demographics, uh, wildly different than how it's portrayed in the media. It was uh, a lot of women, it was a lot of minority groups, and they always try to portray gun rights as like this, you know, stratified, straight white male thing. And that's, that's crap. That's not how it is at all. Um, it's available to anybody who wants to take advantage of it. And in 2020, we saw an insane number of new gun owners and those people are out there right now, um, and they're, they're new to this, and some of them will stick around. Other people, they'll, they'll get that gun like we talked about, and they'll throw it in a drawer and never think of it and be unsafe. But a lot of those people will come along, and they'll get trained, and they'll get the knowledge, and they will hopefully come to understand why the Second Amendment is so important and so sacred and why we need to maintain it at all costs. Yeah, um, and... I want to talk uh, about that specifically more, um, but but let's let's talk about females real quick because you know I, I'm a, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guy. I teach, um, you know, as a uh, as a part of my life, and there is uh, really no um, other option for women and. Um, you know, let's say uh, older folks and all that to level the playing field. Uh, there's no better option than a firearm, uh, because they, you know, um, even even some of my uh, really awesome female students aren't going to be 
necessarily able to handle themselves against a street thug or, you know, someone who is, you know, there to do them ill, who, you know, has that kind of a mentality. Um, and, and more and more, when we look to banning guns, taking them out of circulation, you know, we're harming women and we're har- harming older folks and we're harming the, the weak. And we're also harming people in poorer communities that, that are plagued by crime that can't really get out. We're not harming the, um, you know, rural guy, uh, you know, out, out on a farm somewhere in the same way as we are everybody else. So I'd love to, to you know, hit, have you weigh on that a little. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of delusions out there, too, that people have. It's like, you know, uh, just take a self-defense class. Okay, well, uh, a self-defense class doesn't make up for the fact that you weigh 200 pounds less than your assailant. I mean, there's right. there's not much you can do about that. I'm, I'm six foot five, right? I'm a I'm a big guy. Um, and, and if you if I wanted to attack a woman who weighed 120 pounds, sh- odds are she's not going to be able to fight her way out of that. Realistically, that's just not even you know according to the laws of physics. But if she takes out a nine millimeter and puts two in my chest. <laughs> Or yeah. she produces the nine millimeter, and I see that it's like, whoa, okay, I I'm going to go elsewhere. I don't want to get shot. The gun is the ultimate equalizer, and I I, I do in the book talk about other tools. Uh, Self defense. I'm a big fan of like pepper spray. I think uh, pepper spray is great. Yep. Um, it's just a good intermediate option tool in the toolbox, but it doesn't always work. And there's a lot of situations where it's just not appropriate. It just doesn't work at all. A gun is just another tool in the toolbox, and. The other one that gets me is you see these people, this is one of the, to do some things, but you'll see these people is like, well, if you have a gun, it's because you're not very tough. If you were tough, you wouldn't need a gun. Yeah. Uh, that's insane. Cause every MMA fighter I know, or not everyone, but most of the MMA fighters I know have concealed weapons permits. Yeah. We are, yeah. That we are, we are in that crowd for sure. Yeah. And it's and honestly, I'd say it's probably a good 80, 90%. And the reason being is they understand what violence does to the human body. It's not about toughness. It's just stuff breaks. Uh, and it doesn't matter how tough, smart, fast you are. If uh, there's multiple assailants, they sucker punch you, they hit you from behind. All of a sudden you're getting kicked in the head. It doesn't matter how tough you are. Tough is irrelevant. Uh, and yep. people are, but this is, you know, arguing people on the internet, they're, they're stupid. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, no, but honestly, uh, the other one is uh, for older people. I'll see people say, well, you know, I don't need a gun for self-defense because I'm tough and I can fight and I'm street smart. Okay, what about your mom? Yeah. What about your What about your grandmother? Um, okay, so you're a tough guy. You're street smart. Uh, and then I see these people who are like, well, I just don't go to bad places. I don't go to places where I would need – if I need a – I don't go anywhere I need a gun. Well, you know, evil delivers – that Which I love that line. You. I, you know, I wrote I wrote "Evil Delivers" down here because I thought that was a great a, a great line, especially now. And 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 we are seeing violence visit people, and we will see more of that as our economy uh, continues to tank. Um, you know, God forbid uh, we have the food shortages and other things that I think are, are in our future because of some of our mismanagement during COVID and lockdowns and everything else that's uh, piling on in our world. Um, it, it will likely visit you, or there's a high likelihood that it that it can. And uh, um, yeah, we're uh, we're going to be in a, a world where you know taking. Uh, 
taking control of our own self-defense and self-reliance and protection is going to be more important than ever. Absolutely. It's interesting because I feel like we're reliving the 1970s. You know, I was born in the 70s. And uh, you look at like what happened with America and we had this just kind of general decay throughout society. And you saw there for a while where the crime rates went insane in most of our cities. We're seeing the same thing again. Like I said, we just reversed 27 years of crime going down in one year. And we're seeing that same kind of general unease amongst, amongst the people. And, you know, that's like when, when the movie Death Wish came out, it was not that it was swaying culture. It was responding to the culture. You know, the Americans mm-hmm. culture was sick of the lawlessness and the violence and the craziness. And I think we're heading the same way now, only this time we have a lot more, you know, back then there was like five states that had concealed carry. And now we have almost all of them. And uh, we had one state with constitutional carry, and we now have 25. Um, and so this is just kind of thing. A lot of Americans have woke up that we are our first line of defense. We're it in a lot of situations. Nobody's coming to help you. Uh, or if they do, it's going to be too late. I mean, and yeah. I, 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 I praise law enforcement, most police departments. Uh, I've worked with a lot, and some are terrible, but let's most cops are pretty good. They, they don't want you to get killed. They would like to be there in time to help. It really would. But, you know, they can't teleport. They can't just magically appear when you need them. I mean, sometimes, like, I live in a rural county, and I've got, like, two cops on duty for hundreds and hundreds of square miles of mountainside. You know? So if I have an emergency, it's going to be an hour (laughs) before I have Yeah. Well, in our business, we say you are your own first responder. And, uh, and, And I believe that to be true. Um, and, and again, you know, as the, there is more, um, societal, uh, decay, you know, that will become more real and real and relevant. So, um, I want to, let's get into the real core of this thing, which is the second amendment and the real reason that our founding fathers envisioned it. Um, and, you know, that's because they, they came from a place where there was some, you know, growing tyranny and, you know, freedom and liberty became the central tenets of uh, America and our culture and our founding. And they recognized that there was really, uh, you know, uh, one thing that can keep tyranny at bay, and that's for a, an armed populace. So let's, uh, let's hit on that um, because I'm tired of some of the other arguments. Yeah. That was uh, one of those I, I hit head on. I, I didn't, I didn't dance around it. I went right to the point. What is ultimately the Second Amendment? It, it's self-defense, but not just against criminals. It's against everything. It's self-defense against everything, up to and including your own tyrannical government, um, which is why the founding fathers gave it to us. Uh, I go into this a lot because um, it's the kind of thing that I think too many people are flippant about. Like we had Joe Biden with. You know, you don't need an AR-15 because I got F. I got I got F-15s, which you, know, you just uh, announced by that very uh, by that very line that hey, we're we're willing to come after you and you don't stand a chance was basically you know, what they're saying there. <laughs> which is ironic because I used to be a military contractor, uh, and, and one of the thing the company has that was maintaining fighter jets. Okay, I don't think they understand the, the kind of people who maintain fighter jets for a living. <laughs> you know, and what they do. And so it's interesting to me, but a lot of people on the left are extremely flippant about this, that we're just going to like steamroll any opposition. That's not how it works at all. So I go into this in a a lot, 
But the Second Amendment is ultimately the big red button. It is the doomsday provision on our national agreement that we have here. Um, it is it was written by people who had just fought a war against their own government. And so we see people conflate the Second Amendment with hunting or sporting purposes. You know, Joe Biden's the deer don't wear Kevlar, man, you know, yeah, whatever. And it's not about hunting. It's not about sport. I, I'm a competition shooter. That's a perk. That's a, that's a yeah. side benefit. A- amen. The sec- yeah, the Second Amendment is about defense, uh, up to and including the biggest of enemies. And if our government, you know, God forbid, ever does turn truly that tyrannical that the American people uh, hit that big red button, um, it's our only hope. And so it is absolutely vital that we maintain that insurance policy. And I talk about other countries and what's happened to them, but once you remove that insurance policy, once you remove that ultimate check on power, you know, checks and balances, which our founding fathers love so much, uh, this is kind of the ultimate off the books one, you know? Um, and so when you remove that, you have now enabled your government is now got the monopoly on force and the people can't fight back. Then the government can do whatever it wants to you with impunity. And we've seen in recent years that even our government, you know, we, we pride ourselves as Americans, we're uh, fairly free people compared to most of the world. There's a lot of people in our government with very tyrannical beliefs who would not hesitate to do horrible things to other Americans if it meant they got their way and they got more power. And so we have to maintain the Second Amendment as an ultimate check against those people to keep them from ever trying that. So I, I, I to me, it's, it, it's a, it's a thing that it is of utmost importance. Uh, I have a chapter in there where it, it was before Joe Biden's F 15 comments, but I, I responded to Eric Swalwell, who I call yeah. the dumbest man in Congress, which I stand by. And uh, he had his little talk where he's like, well, you don't, you have the second amendment, but we have nukes. We could just use nuclear bombs. It's like, Eric Swalwell, who are you going to use a nuclear bomb on in the United States of America to, to like quell unrest? I mean, just yeah. going to nuke Omaha? Get, you know, Salt Lake City got uppity? <laughs> yeah. It's just well, insane. Do you know whom you're voting for? With every product you buy and every dollar you spend, you are casting your vote. Devoted Capital offers values-based investing portfolios that are designed to help you reach your financial goals, all the while making a positive impact on your life and the world around you. They are dedicated to educating, engaging, and empowering you to be wise with your investments and to equip you to be knowledgeable with your vote. Visit their website at devotedcapital.com to learn more about values-based investing or dial 805-372-0821 to speak to your values investor advocate today. Investment advisory services offered through Alliance Advisory and Securities, LLC, registered investment advisor. Well, he he and uh, Maxine Waters, I think, are in the uh, running for the stupidest (laughs) people in Congress. Um, But but I I think it's a toss up. Um, Yeah, that's a terrible contest. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, with that, too, um, you know, I think we need to uh, focus on that argument, and I think we need to focus on it proudly. It is for, for our defense, and we have the, you know, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and ultimately all of the government laws come down to the government gun. 
you know, everything that they are enforcing against us, which, you know, it, uh, includes ultimately, you know, tyrannically oppressive laws, but it, it's really all of them. And, and it is the only hedge to uh, say, hey, you know, no further. And, and we have seen um, in other countries that don't have the Second Amendment, you saw uh, how brutal they were in New Zealand and Australia during the lockdowns. Um, you saw them, uh, the police, assaulting people in a way that um, it, it, it didn't get as bad here. And a lot of it is is because we do have that, that kind of uh, core underpinning um, you know, in our culture. And, uh, and it is that, you know, measure of last resort. And Kurt Schlichter, who I'm a big fan of because I think he is pretty clear and, and articulates these things well, but he talked about that F-15 argument. Now, this is before Joe Biden said it, but he did some scenarios in his book, We'll Be Back, about how he talked about what it looks like when you have a blue government and a red insurgency. And he talks about this one scene about how, okay, now it's out-and-out out war now at this point. And he talks about how, you know, we visit, you know, that F-15 pilot's wife at home and, and say, you know, he's not flying tomorrow. So, you know, you better, you better pull that back. And you um, I just ask the Russians, um, you know, when it comes to Afghanistan or any of these places that, you know, guerrilla warfare and insurgencies at that level are very, very effective in hobbling even the most uh, well-armed of foes. And, and without those tools, um, you know, we're, we're dead in the water. And, and so the, the Second Amendment was a warning to that for, you know, for the oppressive future governments to say, hey, no, we're going to keep the American people armed appropriately and, and ready to, um, you know, hold the line against your nefarious ideas. Yeah. First, Kurt's awesome. Um, we're actually from the same publishing house, too, on, on the nonfiction books, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, all my fiction is through Bay and books, but my nonfiction is through Regnery, same as Kurt. Uh, good dude. It's yeah, he's been on the show. Oh, yeah, good. He's a funny guy. Oh, um, he's great. It's like the, the people who are yelling at us on the internet about, you know, you can't stand up against the government. I'll have Ukrainian flags in their bios. Where recently I'm so glad were, you wrote about that. I'm so glad. They were, they were handing out AK-47s like candy to anybody who is willing to fight. Uh, against a tyrannical invader, and they're like, "Here's your AK-47. Go have fun." <laughs> it's this, but but we have uh, a militia in America, and they freak out. Like that's that's the worst thing ever. We can't have that. It's like so bad, and it's impossible. You can't fight back. It's like I seem to remember you guys all thought Russia was going to win in 72 hours, right? Yeah. <laughs> An armed populace is pretty amazing. Uh, plus, we just went through uh, Afghanistan, and we withdrew from Afghanistan after two decades. Uh, where the world's most powerful and advanced military coalition ever uh, got stymied by a bunch of uh, just regular dudes with pickup trucks and AK-47s. And I mean, look how that shook out. Iraq, at any given time, we were fighting maybe 20,000 insurgents. That's it. If we're talking about an uprising of American gun owners, we're talking orders of magnitude more over a much larger area. Plus, it's the same people who generate the power, who drive the trucks, to make sure your water and your food get to your cities. This is a can of worms that no one should want to open. 
And Amen. I think, honestly, what I've seen in my life is the people who are the most flippant about it are the people who don't understand it. And the people who are dead serious about it, how we should not push this, are guys like us who understand what it entails. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, once you've had some training and you have some knowledge and you look at this and what, how this would shake out, it's a nightmare. As I said, it's a doomsday scenario. It's not something that either side should be flipping about, but it's something that's absolutely mandatory, absolutely necessary for the success of our country. Because if if America ever became truly tyrannical, like a truly tyrannical, out of control nation, like worst case scenario, it's over for the whole world. Yes, uh, that that is that is bad news for everyone. So you know, yeah, I, I, yeah, we're. I, yeah, we're a worldwide bulwark against all kinds of, of evil, um, and historically have been. And, you know, you lose us, you lose a lot. And, and you know, I'm afraid that, you know, we're, we're seeing some of that happen, uh, you know, with a you know, front row seat. Um, yeah. let's, let's have fun here for a minute and talk about lawmakers and some of the things that they push. Um, you you saying here, and I think it's such a great uh, idea, but push for a Hearing Protection Act. One of my biggest pet peeves is the uh, restrictions on suppressors, um, because people imagine that it's like some you know James Bond movie from the uh, from the '60s, uh, or you know something where these uh, silencers they want to call them um you know uh, make a little spitting sound as the bullets coming out and oh where did that come from oh no <laughs> and and i think that these lawmakers have the uh are informed by hollywood when they make restrictions on firearms and and suppressors you know as you know uh you know are are a great thing so why don't you weigh in on that a little yeah that's one of the ones that if there's one thing where you can take someone to the range and introduce them to a gun thing and get them to like change their mind, go night and day difference of opinion, take someone who thinks suppressors or silencers are are like super dangerous hitman things, take them to the range, let them shoot a suppressed weapon. And it is a, a life changing experience for them. And they're like, wow, this is so much nicer. This is so much more comfortable uh, you know, I can shoot. I mean, if you're using subsonic ammo, you can shoot without hearing protection, even on some guns. And it's like, it's like, wow, this is so nice. I use them for teaching little kids because there's no blast. There's no, nothing that's going to cause a flinch. It's so much nicer and easier for the kids. And suppressors are wonderful. And this is the one area where Europe is actually ironically ahead of America. Because <laughs> most <laughs> Europe, which I hate to say that, but most European nations have uh, provisions where suppressors are not heavily regulated there. Uh, and that way, because they're considered a, uh, the noise from the guns is a public nuisance. So if they're going to let people shoot, they encourage suppressors. Uh, but we have too many dumb politicians who think movie style hitman. And, uh, you know, I go into the book and that they, they, they and it's like I go into how actual crime works and the actual stats of it. But let's be honest, if you are dealing with a professional assassin, like professional movie style assassin with those movie star ninja capabilities that they're trying to talk about here, uh, he doesn't care about your law. (laughs) Okay. Um, They're basically a pipe with some stuff in it. I guarantee this guy has access to one somehow. Um, Yeah, they can be. They they can be manufactured and and um, you know uh, created fairly easily. They're they're not you know they're not magical. Um, no, literally and, and, minutes. 
Yeah, and and at the end of the day, um, you know, you're right. I mean, they they reduce the the concussive, um, you know, blast from a from a firearm. Um, they uh, reduce the noise. They, you know, and and most of the bigger calibers, you still need or you should still be wearing hearing protection. They don't make it soundless. Um, you know, it's a. Uh, so all of the stupid movie stuff is, has gone against us. Um, well, and it's uh, really sad because, like, um, they're, 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 they're good for safety. So this is one of those instances where the government is actually mandating something that is making people uh, more unhealthy. Everywhere else, the government's like, well, people are unhealthy, so we're going to regulate this. We're going to ban your big sodas. We're going to take away your trans fats, whatever. This is one where... Millions of Americans get hearing damage from firearms, and we could actually prevent that. Uh, and instead, they're like, "Nope, we're going to mandate you get hearing damage," because it, you know makes a lot of sense. But yeah, no, they're not movie gun quiet. And, and and as far as regular crime, if a regular criminal uses a suppressor in a crime and he's shooting the gun, the same people are going to hear it anyway. I mean, yeah. it doesn't make that much difference. And plus. I mean, if you're if you're in the building, you're still going to hear it. If you're in the next room, you're still going to hear it. And beyond that, it's going to be like when there's a shooting in a city now, and someone hears the gunfire and they don't know where it came from. I mean, it's not like it's the same thing. I mean, you have gunfire in L.A. like literally every night, you know. And I'm sure if people call the cops, they're like, unless you saw it, uh, there's gunfire in my neighborhood. Okay, (laughs) you know they don't know where it's at. Well, a lot of the neighborhoods now they don't ever call. Oh yeah, yeah. It depends on the neighbors. Like, well, my neighborhood, we, you know, I live out in the country. We're set, my neighbors are setting off tanner right year round, and we're fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, let's also talk about another dumb one: um, short barrels. Um, oh, you know, yeah. it's it's uh, you know they they again um, what they've done, and like California, we're the worst because you know here in California, all they've done is set a series of barriers up in front of you um, as a consumer. And then as a gun manufacturer, they've just discouraged you by creating all of these financial barriers, uh, you know, the off-roster weapons, you know, all the things that, you know, I, I tried, I, I wanted a Kimber 1911 that uh, I wanted a particular finish on it. And, you know, you had two choices, the exact same weapon. One was the stainless finish and, you know, uh, you know one was like a blued finish and I wanted the blued finish, but... One was legal here in California, the other was not. And it was only because one was on roster and one was off. And it's it's because Kimber did not want to go through that hassle and did not want to go through the process and did not want to pay that exorbitant uh, fee to have both of those models available here in California. And yeah. and so much of that stuff is is just them getting in the way of business and getting in the way of the consumer uh, for no um, imaginable reason otherwise. Yeah, they just stick it to you because they can. Uh, California is like the process is the punishment, and I got respect for California gun owners who have tried to fight this because they have fought one heck of a battle for a long time. Um, on the short barrels, this one's in the news because, you know, last Friday, uh, at close of business before a three-day weekend, the ATF dropped their 293-page rule update uh, that declared something that had been perfectly legal for us for the last decade 
uh, to now be a felony. And uh, we all have millions of us have illegal short barrel rifles now. And that's the pistol brace ruling, yep. uh, which I think those are probably already illegal in California because you had the, the assault ban. So uh, yep. probably not as much effect there. But everywhere else, these things are super common. And uh, guys like us who pay attention to the law aren't going to get stuck with this because, you know, we know what we're doing. We're just going to you know handle it. But the people who don't know about the short barrel rifle rules, they bought this perfectly legal brace pistol. Uh, they bought it from Cabela's or Sportsman's or something like that. And they took it home. They shot it a couple times. And now it's sitting in the closet. And they're committing a felony with a mandatory 10 years in prison if they run into a federal agent or if there's anything that comes up and anyone finds out they have this thing, they're, they're not going to know. And the yeah. ATF just did that on a whim. No, no congressional authority. The, there was no law passed. They just took something that had been existed for 10 years. And we've been buying them. And they said, nope. That's now illegal, just on the fly, one afternoon. Help save America this year by supporting our independent farms and ranches while simultaneously fighting the vegan scourge and malnutrition caused by low-quality protein. Good Ranchers is the 100% American meat company that delivers the best cuts of beef, chicken, and seafood right to your door. And the best part is they source it all from local farms here in the U.S., Over 85% of the grass-fed beef in America is imported from overseas, and thanks to corrupted labeling laws, they get to lie about it. Stop buying imported goods at the store and get American-made meat directly from good ranchers. Right now, you can get over two pounds of chicken free in every box for a year when you subscribe. Let me tell you, Good Ranchers Chicken will change what you think about chicken. These are pasture-raised happy birds, triple-trimmed by butchers so you don't have to prep it. They are so tender and juicy, you won't believe it's the same meat you've been eating most of your life. You can get a year's worth of America's Best Chicken for free, a $149 value when you subscribe to any box at GoodRanchers.com today. That's healthy, nutrient-dense protein to stock your fridge with all year long. Plus, you can get a bonus $20 off with the code LIBERTY at checkout. If you want to start your year off right, then change the way you buy meat by switching to Good Ranchers. Make sure you subscribe today and use the code LIBERTY to claim your free chicken for a year and $20 off your first box. New year, new you, new meat with Good Ranchers. American meat delivered. Not not only is it unconstitutional, um, you know, because they shouldn't be uh, making these laws in that respect at all. It's it's outside of their purview and authority. But also, there's no reason for it. There's no real um, reason. It is not going to suddenly make people safer. Um, there's no logical thing. It's just um, they're continuing to try to chew away at the edges of, of our Second Amendment over and over again. And that's, wanna, that's their entire aim. If you really want to blow your mind, I, I read the whole 293 pages of awfulness. Um, in that, the ATF estimates there's 3 million of these in the U.S. That number is nonsense. Um, that no, I, I guess and it's about 14 million. Um, I, I know just from industry people that there's a couple companies that make these that have done more than 3 million. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about millions and millions of Americans. Buried way down deep in the middle of that 290 pages, the ATF mentions how many times they had to tr- – the ATF does gun traces – how many times they had to trace a brace pistol 
in a criminal investigation. So this is not even necessarily a murder. This is just uh, cops contacted them and said, we need to trace on this gun. 106 since 2014. So they're going to like victimize tens of millions of Americans and take away our civil rights and make us jump through a bunch of hoops and threaten us with prison time. And it's all in the name of stopping criminals from having these powerful concealable weapons, which they're not, um, for 100, like just barely over 100 criminal traces since 2014. So, you know, that is the most insane justification I have ever heard in my life. But that's the ATF for you. They just do whatever they want. And uh, this will work its way through the courts. I mean, it's clearly unconstitutional on, on a couple of different grounds. It flies in the face of a couple of recent Supreme Court decisions. Uh, West Virginia versus EPA, New York State Rifle and Pistol versus Bruin. Um, it's going to work its way through the courts. But the bad thing is that's going to take years. It's going to take, I mean, the bump stocks recently had a, a Fifth Circuit Court decision saying that the ATF was wrong there. That took four years to work its way to the courts to that point. So how many millions of Americans are going to get hosed and serve time and go to jail and get fined uh, in the meantime, just because the ATF is on a ridiculous power trip to stop 106 crimes that were probably stolen anyway? It's it's insane. Well, and that's and and that's inquiries. That's not uh, necessarily even 106 uh, crimes. You know, it could have been a stolen gun. Who knows? Yeah, uh, it could have been a found gun. It's interesting. I toured a state crime lab once, and um, speaking of the short-barreled rifle rules, and they're, they're like, well, we have to stop criminals from having concealable guns. There was thousands and thousands of guns in this one room, and I remember, I don't know how many hunting rifles and hunting shotguns I saw where some meth head had stolen it out of a truck, and they hacksawed the buttstock off, and they hacksawed the barrel off to make it stick fit under their coat or under a jersey. And... I mean, they're meth heads, they're criminals, they're gangbangers. They don't care about the ATF. They don't care about the National Firearms Act. They're going to do what they want to do crime. The only people that are this is going to screw with are regular Americans who actually care about the law. Yeah. In, in your book, you say, even though the vast majority of the time the shooter isn't one of us, has nothing to do with us, and in reality, people like us are the last line of defense against them, it doesn't matter. We know we're going to get blamed. And that's that's kind of the I, I think that was brilliantly put, and I think that's the the theme of a lot of their attacks uh, because it isn't about the crimes and it isn't about the criminals. It truly is about neutering the people who uh, will potentially and very often go against the uh, prevailing political narratives and the power and control that the politicians are are working to assert over us. Absolutely. I think we're just a handy demographic for them to beat up on. Uh, we, if, if you disagree with them, they're going to they're gonna get you. I, I try not to get too overtly political as far as like red team versus blue team in this book. Because like I said, the Second Amendment is for everyone. But yep. I do get into different politicians who are supposedly on the pro-gun side who sell us out. And I get into um, how basically the other side is almost unanimous. Um, yeah, are there pro-gun Democrats? I keep being told there are, but I very rarely see that in any votes. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, there might be pro-gun Democrats, but you know, they need to make their voices heard because right now they're they're basically a non-entity in politics. Uh, and I, I tell that to my leftist friends 
you know, all, all one or two I still have. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's an interesting thing politically. And so the Republicans are better on guns, but they're not great on guns. We have far too Agreed. many of them that are just very willing, like you said earlier, with the, the we have to do something, we have to compromise. Uh, like with the red flag bills, we had a whole bunch of Republicans cross the aisle to support red flag funding. And uh, I mean, I have a chapter in the book about red flags and how they're abused and misused. And that's one of those yeah. where I was so disappointed in the GOP for doing that. It's like, you, you idiots, you just gave the other side, people who hate freedom, a giant club to beat everyone they don't like over the head with. And you're funding them. And it's going to get used against you and your constituents. Just foolishness. Yeah. Um, you know, I have, and, and here's a great example. I have a family member who is dealing with a, um, a stalker situation. Um, and uh, this stalker was a uh, ex-family member and uh, had a restraining order against this person. Okay. So um, there should not have been this issue, but that person in the uh, desire to retaliate in some way made up some stuff and and this uh, family member of mine had to surrender all of his weapons for a period of time uh, and this this stalker was continuously threatening to kill him over and over again that's how he got the restraining order hundreds upon hundreds of messages 2 a.m. in the morning that I'm going to come find you and kill you, uh, you know, over and over again. Uh, now, it, it ended up getting sorted out, but it was an example of how those things go uh, poorly, uh, you know, and and the sheriff's department that, that ended up having to come in apologetically because they knew that this family member of mine was not a threat. Um, but because of the way that it is here, you know, they had to do what they had to do and, and, yeah. you know, remove this guy's rights away from him, uh, temporarily. And, uh, again, you know, it sorted itself out, but, but those things can be so readily and easily abused. Yeah. They, they basically created something that it's like a gift to the worst people in the world. There, yep. there are people in our country who will not hesitate to weaponize any system against people they don't like. I mean, you see it all the time with like swatting. Um, yeah. These are the same kind of people who will get you, they'll report all your posts on the internet and get you kicked off the internet because they don't like what you said once. Yep. And now we just said that that terrible person has the ability to send a SWAT team to your house. I mean, yeah. <laughs> How, how you know that's going to get and it has we've seen it over and over again all around the country i i, I in the book i read i talk about a case where a police officer got because uh, he he had uh, offended a family he had shot a guy who was in the line of duty and it was ruled a justified shooting and he got red flagged by the family of the guy he shot uh yeah, they made terrible. they f they fabricated a relationship they're like oh yeah we know this guy he's a danger to himself and others and they still took a lot of time and money and lawyers yeah. And so when you get us regular people, we don't, you know, a lot of people don't have the resources to go fight in court for hundreds of hours to get their rights back. It's, and plus it doesn't do anything for actual dangerous people. Like if you have a guy who is a disgruntled guy who's planning on doing something horrible, okay, so you took his guns away. He's still free. And as I go over the book, the vast, vast majority of guns used in violent crime are stolen or bought off somebody who stole them. So, okay, you took away his legal guns. Now what? 
he's still a danger to himself and others, right? If that's the, if that's really what this is about, most states, I think every state has involuntary commitment laws where if you have someone who is actually a danger to themselves and others, that you can pick them up and take them in and take them off the streets. Uh, but that is messy. Most states don't do that because that actually requires them doing work. Uh, as yeah. opposed to they just make up this red flag thing and like, boom, we're going to steal the guns and that'll make all the problems go away. It's silly. Yeah, well, as, as you know, I mean, the FBI and m- many of these active shooters had all the information on these guys. They were a known issue. They had been, you know, following them, reported on them, you know, many times. And, and yet they took no action, which they had the authority to take. Uh, the red flag laws will end up being used and abused by, you know, uh, by, by people who, you know, want to wreck other people's lives. And, and that's where I have an issue. So, listen, Larry, man, this was great. Uh, um, I, I hope I didn't miss anything that you wanted to talk about. Oh, no, that was awesome. I apologize for the state of my Internet. Uh, I'm blaming this on Elon Musk. Uh, yeah. No, I- <laughs> I, 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 it's starting to snow is what's happening. And I think that it's just too much snow in the air for the satellite. <laughs> so no, I apologize well, you know, for that. No, no, it went well. And uh, we, uh, we got you and you came through uh, nice and clear. So, hey, I appreciate your time. And, and uh, once again, for the audience, in defense of the Second Amendment, uh, Larry Correa, um, it's, uh, it's an awesome book. I enjoyed it. And um, I think you would too. So how do people follow you? Uh, I am on social media, I'm Monster Hunter 45 on uh, Twitter, or just you can look at my name, and I'm on Facebook. Usually I'm banned in one of those places for, <laughs> for insulting people. Uh, my Welcome blog to is just yeah, uh, Monster Hunter Nation, MonsterHunterNation.com, and uh, the book is available in stores everywhere, and also on audiobook. It'll be available from Blackstone Publishing, so that'll be on Audible uh, next week. Awesome. Well, thanks, Larry. I appreciate you coming on and uh, appreciate the book. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for joining us on Liberty Station. I hope you enjoy the show. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to us on Rumble, Liftable TV, or Spotify, or anywhere that you consume podcasts. Please text these episodes to your friends and support our advertisers.